Welcome to Pop, a piece of what's going on here at Peace. My name is Pastor Tony Katko. I'm recording this on Wednesday, March 16th. This is a shortened version of my sermon from last Sunday. We hope that this gives you a few minutes that you can spend in devotion. Our reading for today is from Matthew chapter 9, starting with verse 14. Then the disciples of John came to Jesus, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Now it's easy to miss that the disciples of John the Baptist are asking this question, and they are not the enemies of Jesus. A lot of the time in the Gospels, the Pharisees or the scribes are trying to trap Jesus with their questions, but that's not what's going on here. These people are asking an honest question. They're just trying to understand where Jesus is coming from. Why don't your disciples fast? It's also important to know that there was a lot of fasting going on at this time for the Jewish people. One of the reasons they would fast is it was seen as this collective act of grief. It was a way to acknowledge their own pain and show solidarity with the people suffering around you. So at this time, they would be acknowledging the pain for everyone who was suffering under the brutal rule of the Roman Empire. So fasting was a way to express that this is not okay. God wants something better for all of us than this. So when they asked Jesus why his followers aren't fasting, it's not just about honoring some old tradition. They're telling Jesus that it looks like he doesn't even care. Like how can you be eating and drinking and partying when our world is falling apart. And honestly, that's kind of how I felt the past few weeks. We're just going on living our lives pretty much as usual and this global superpower is invading a sovereign country. And I don't know what the appropriate actions are, but it seems like we should be doing something to show that we care. But Jesus answers this question, why aren't they fasting? with an image of a wedding. The wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So clearly Jesus isn't anti-fasting or anti-tradition. He says there's a time and place for it, it's just that this is not it. Yes, this is a dark time, but God is doing something really big right now. Jesus doesn't want them to miss it. The Messiah that they've been waiting on for hundreds of years is walking around with them, and he will only be there for a limited amount of time. It's like he's saying, don't hold so tightly to your rigid traditions that you end up missing the new thing God is doing right here and now. And then Jesus goes on to use two other images. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. Otherwise the skins burst, the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. Now new wine is grape juice that hasn't been fermented yet. That fermentation process releases gases, which then cause the wineskin to expand. And that skin can only stretch so far. So old skin is fine to hold wine that's already been fermented. But if you try to ferment new wine into an already stretched out skin, it's gonna burst and you lose everything. So put new wine and new wineskins. And that way everything is saved. 
the new wine and the old wine and the old skins. Now in Luke's gospel, when Jesus has this conversation, he adds something else, which I love. Here's how the New Living Translation puts it. But no one, after drinking the old wine, seems to want the fresh and the new. The old ways are best, they say. Now you might think that Jesus is just bashing people who are stuck in their ways, but I don't think that's it. Think about it, this is a little more nuanced than that. Someone who's used to drinking old, good wine doesn't want to switch back to grape juice. Good, old wine is of course better than new juice. So this isn't about throwing out the old to make way for the new. It's about balancing the old with the new. Old wine is good, but you also have to keep making new batches. Now thinking about wine, I don't drink wine that often. So when I go to buy wine, it's usually for a gift or to share with someone who is a wine person. So I go to the small wine shop that's nearby our house and I ask for their recommendations. And there was one time where I came in looking for a gift for someone I know likes a particular kind of French wine. And the person at the shop was talking me through the options. But then I stopped and asked her, well, what kind do you like out of these? And she surprised me. She said, honestly, I'm not a big fan of French wine. And I was blown away. Like she works at a wine store. I know she loves wine. Why do you not like French wine? It's what they do. But she explained that of course there are a lot of great French wines, but France also has some strict rules about how to grow and produce their wine. There are laws about what varieties of grapes are allowed to be grown in which region. And the idea, of course, is that these certain locations and methods are supposed to be the ideal conditions for the perfect wine. But from her perspective, the problem with some of these rules is they're just outdated. Because the ideal place to grow a certain variety of grape a few hundred years ago isn't always the same as it is today. The climate has changed. The soil has changed. We're living in a different world than when some of these rules were developed. So not all of them apply anymore. And that doesn't mean that French wine is bad. It's just limited. Because some of these rules are based on a world that doesn't exist. You see, we need to learn from our traditions, but not get so stuck in the old that we miss the new things that God is doing right here and now. Let's pray. God, we thank you for giving us hope that no matter how dark things may seem, you are doing new things all around us all the time. May we be humble and learn from our traditions and experiences and help us to grow and be open to what you have in store for us next. Amen.